0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Pick up the phone. Give me a call, 800 516 It's 800 to get your calls on the air. Uh, I'll treat you gently. Unless you're financially stupid, then I'll say you're financially stupid, and we'll all learn from you. Kidding. I'll treat you gently. Um, one of the areas that a lot of people bring up, and I do find it very interesting for the record, is robo-advisors. Robots are taking over the world, right? And my father had cancer 25 years ago, I want to say. Sounds about right. Let's see. He died. Oh, I don't even want to do the math. Let's just say it was 25 years ago. He was a veteran in the United States Army, so he got to go to the big hospital that all veterans get to go to, Walter Reed in uh, Washington, D.C. And um, I I have no experience with veteran hospitals outside of Washington, D.C. That's the only one I, I know of. I tried to talk about things that I could talk about, but Back then, my dad was in his room, and he's dying, and he's getting into cancer treatments and radiation treatments. and It's a pretty humbling experience to see what you thought was a strong man as a child turn into a weak man when you're now the strong one. There was days where I'd fireman carry him into treatment for radiation and chemotherapy. I could only imagine 25 years later that the advances have been such that I wouldn't have had to fireman carry him. Um, but with that being said, one of the things I saw 25 years ago was the, kind of the future, right? Robots. I'm sitting there, he's laying there, he's, he's telling me to take care of my mom and my sister after my dad, after uh, he dies. He's got a catheter in his uh, male anatomy. I don't know what's the generic term that I'm allowed to use. We'll just say male anatomy. He's got a catheter in there that's pulling liquid out because he can't pee on his own. Very humbling to see that stuff because you see that stuff. Hospital gowns don't hide a lot. So a robot came to the room and delivered his medicines. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Flash forward twenty-five years ago, and where haven't robots had some sort of effect? Um, Robo advisors are an area that you know CFP Chad Burton is an advisor. And can he be replaced by a robot, a big cyborg sitting in a fancy skyscraper? Um, It's a big question, right? If you look at robo-banking and robo-advisors and robots in the financial uh, scenario, I'm not sure who has this one. I want to say Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, has something called Marcus. Could be a different financial, Goldman Sachs, maybe. And Marcus sends you little text messages, and it's like, hey, it's me, Marcus, and I just wanted to let you know that you uh, have a double payment on your credit card. Was that, that right? You're like, whoa. So more traditional robo-advisors in picking stocks, it's not that tough. Picking stocks isn't that tough. So anyone that tells you that, like, hey, I'm in charge of the investment policy committee, they're kind of blowing smoke. It's not that tough. When the market goes up 7 out of 10 years, to be right, 7 out of 10 years. Now, you don't want to be as wrong in the down years. That's part of it. But there's some firms out there like Betterment, Personal Capital, Schwab, Vanguard, and Wealthfront that have added $40 billion in the first half of 2019 and $25 billion in 2018. So it's building. More and more people are going with robots. I've got a robo-advisor for my acorns. That Acorns app is pretty cool. It rounds up your purchases. So let's say you go on vacation, um, you could do something like, yeah, you get omelet, bacon and cheese omelet. It's let's say it's like nine dollars. You could tip a penny, or round not don't tip a penny. I'm not cheap. That's one thing I'm not. I used to work in the service industry, but let's say your bill, you make it, let's say it's nine dollars. You make it eleven dollars to one cent. So you give two dollars and one cent. That one cent gets rounded up 99 cents, and it gets invested for you. And it's doing okay for me. Wealthfront has a cash account that offers 2.5% 7%. That's not bad. That's better than you're getting at your bank. I highly recommend opening a Wealthfront account for your cash, emergency cash. I'm not against it. But you have to trust robots. Everything's digitized. You're not going to talk to a human being. And if you do, it's going to be some human being that, like, you wait online for 48 minutes for. And the phone accidentally clicks, and you go, no. So taking a look at the annualized return of robos, typically you have something like equity only and fixed income only. And the returns haven't been all that great. So they've been beneath the market returns by a lot. So to give you an idea, the best of the best is Fidelity Go, and that's at 9.2% equity only. On a two-year annualized basis, 7.26%. Uh, when you Then you get to the bottom and you see like Schwab and personal capital, Wealth, simple Betterment. They're not very good at what they do. SoFi, Alvest, Acorns is right in the middle of the pact. But they're not great returns. And yet the assets under management continue to climb. So if you were to go with one, I would say Fidelity or Wealthfront seems to be the two, or SigFig. They seem to be the three that are doing the best with your money as far as rates of return go. Now, again, that's kind of a tricky part, right? The rates of return. The higher you're expecting, the more risk you're taking on. And these companies like Betterment are going to have new offerings continuously. So we'll check back in on them at some point in time. J.P. Morgan Chase finally launched its U.Vest in portfolios, an annual fee of one third of one percent. That's way cheaper than a financial planner. But can they do what a financial planner does? Not quite. But are they moving in that direction? Hell yeah. Goldman's developing a digital wealth management program product that will be part of its Marcus retail brand, where it'll basically say, Robert, I am a robot, but I see that you have more than enough to retire. Stop being cheap. Go on vacation. Maybe it'll be that humanized or that social. Probably not. And will there be things that are missed? I'll tell you who's going to tell you the most that you're going to, you're going to miss them are financial planners. Oh, you won't have a inflation adjusted calculator. Oh, they can't take into account special needs children. All that stuff can be learned. Uh, machines learn way faster than humans, and they do it with a lot more accuracy. Take a look at chess. Take a look at Jeopardy. Take a look at where robots kick her butt. So yeah, if you have a special needs kid, you're going to need a different type of financial planner, and you're not going to need a robo-advisor for many, many years. I've got two friends that have special needs kids in the day and age of the 80s. You called them mentally retarded. Then you called them something else. But now special needs, special needs means if you die at age 80 and they're still just 30 years old or 35 years old, they're going to have some special needs that financially need to be met, right? It's, it's humbling to think about, but you have to be a different financial planner when you leave kids behind if you want them supported. And if they need help, let's hope you have them supported. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Coming up, I'm going to talk stocks of the day and much, much more. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. Find me online at robblackshow.com. And a new website, newfocusfinancial.com, has lots of downloadables and lots of good information about seminars coming up. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. One of the things I was just talking about with my producer, uh, Zach, was that Lollapalooza and festivals... And this is one area where I get excited about augmented reality and ultimately full-on wearing a headset to be at the concert, it's because I no longer want to go to a music festival. I, it's not that I've been priced out. It's that I just don't like the people. I don't like the smell. And let me just tell you how I think about smells. I find that people that eat like tuna sandwiches on airplanes, they should be they should open the door and kick them right off in mid-flight. I don't think you should be eating stinky food on a flight. With that said, I think airlines can make a little bit of money. I think they should hand out Right Guard to every, every person who gets on the plane and says, here, put this on. I think Right Guard would pay a premium sponsorship for that. And we'd have a malodorous flight at that point in time, a non-malodorous. So I once went to a musical festival to show you how old I am. It was Lollapalooza. <clears throat> And it was the very first one that was started and conceived by Jane's Addiction singer Perry Farrell. It was a farewell tour of his band. Him and his brother, if you ever want to see Messed Up. <laughs> his brother now now performs all of his songs in a cover band. Lollapalooza um, ran until 1997. It was revived in 2003. At one point in time, uh, Nirvana was slated to play one, but that didn't happen because the death of the lead singer. But my Palooza, and I'm gonna have to try to remember this because it was the very first one ever. Um, there was rappers, there were like alternative rock bands, there was rock bands. It was a pretty cool show, but it was also in the middle of summer and as hot and as muddy and as gross. So you go back to 1994. I was up for that. Uh, 1991, not up for it anymore. So festivals are now. Uh, I'd rather do virtual reality a festival. And then we're not there yet. But when we are, uh, I'll be all about that in a bucket of chicken, if you know what I'm saying. And you're saying, bucket of chicken. So today is one of those days where we're starting to watch the Federal Reserve. We're also looking at earnings beyond meat today after the market closes. Apple today, uh, not today, Apple, I believe, tomorrow. That's me getting ahead of myself. I should be careful on that, right? So... Taking a look at stocks today, Coca-Cola and Pepsi, they got rated with overweight and new coverage. Coca-Cola had great quarter. And it's just, again, the strong consumer environment. We have jobs. Gas isn't that expensive. We will spend on consumer goodies, whether it be Chipotle, Starbucks, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, or PepsiCo. Um, I like a good bag of Doritos, but not all the time, but on occasion. Anheuser-Busch got upgraded today to buy from neutral at Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, noting a continually improving macro environment and that shares provide investors with an opportunity for growth at a reasonable valuation. I know, right? Um, What else is out there as far as big stories? Genomic health. Back in the 1990s when I was doing this show, I was like, by the end of this century, we're going to crack the genomic code. It's going to change everything. We're going to go from... um, ultimately molecular science to genetic science. And it's kind of true. We're, we're starting to learn how to target cancers better. We're starting to learn how to target a cancer that you have better. I've got a brother, Peter, who's older than me, who has a type of leukemia. Um, and they're like, you could expect to live 40, 50 years as long as you don't become resistant to the drugs. And then they do, we're going to give you another batch of drugs. And when that happens, we're going to give you another batch of drugs. Um, so they've given him a good li- long lifetime as long as he stays healthy takes care of his body and takes drugs for the rest of his life it's like at one point in time hiv and this is something i do not know about so i could be pretty stupid it was a death sentence but once we started developing drugs to help suppress it it kind of went a long way and that's all i know or at least that's all the media is telling me i kind of believe i'm a little ignorant on that so take that for what it's worth 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air anything that you want to talk about we can talk about A fired Deutsche Bank trader reportedly sent 450 internal messages after leaving. How's that for client data breaches? I know. How do you feel about client information being breached? I kind of just assume it's going to happen at this point in time. So, and that's kind of sad, isn't it? Deutsche Bank has launched a probe into whether there was a potential data leak after roughly 50 former employees still had access to their emails despite being dismissed weeks ago. The German bank failed to deactivate dozens of fired staff accounts when it shut down the global equities branch of the business earlier this year. Failure comes at a crucial time for Deutsche Bank, which a lot of people want put out of business, but they're trying to reassure investors that it can carry out the major restructuring of the business that they've announced. They're not the company they used to be. At one point in time, Deutsche Bank was one of the best in the world. Now you could say they're one of the 50 best in the world, and that's not good. The U.S. economy slowed sharply in the second quarter as Trump's trade war raged on. For a man who promised 3% GDP growth in every quarter of his presidency, we haven't had it. So, growth was widely expected to slow down this year as the benefits of tax cuts waned, and no new tax, no new treaty with China has been set up. But consumer spending, which counts for more than two-thirds of activity in the economy, has picked up. So, we have jobs. We want to spend and support the economy. Um, the Federal Reserve is going to have to look at this and decide, you know, how do we stop inflation? How do we get maximum employment? So they're probably going to cut rates this week, right? Will they do 25 basis points or 50 basis points? I think the market might get a little excited by 50, but would be very, could potentially be disappointed with 25, because it's widely expected. And then what's next? Wall Street's all about, not what have you done for me lately, it's what are you going to do for me in the next six months? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Also, check out the new website, newfocusfinancial.com.
0: Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live
1: on the Bay Area airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing and more. Apple reports earnings on Tuesday after the market. I did confirm that. I hate it when I say something like, oh, is that right or wrong? Um, I I do my best. But knowing that, you should always consult a broker advisor before taking action on anything you ever hear on this show. Um, because sometimes there are errors and omissions that are made, and it's important that you know that maybe it wasn't intentional. So Apple, one of the great growth stories of all time. I own shares of Apple. Lately, it's been shrinking as far as a great story. Revenue of $58 billion, down 5% year over year. Profits were off 10%. One key issue is the demand for iPhones is softened due to combination of kind of a weaker demand in China, where the company's been hurt by the U.S.-China trade war. Consumers holding back on new phones ahead of shiny new models to come. Knowing that this phone this year won't have 5G chips in it, but next year's does, it may, that may hold me back. But then again, it may hold me back two years because I don't want to be the first user to get the 5G chips. That may not. By the way, afford my chips, I like dip. Um, Apple reported a 17% drop year-over-year year in the March quarter iPhone revenues. So they kind of need something going on. Now, they've pushed into services, and we heard all about Apple News back, I want to say March, April of this year, and Apple TV Plus streaming services, and Apple credit card. When will it launch? We don't know. But it was a credit card with no late fees and no fees. And, like, how are they going to make money on that? Interesting, right? We've yet to see it in action and we've yet to see it like fully rolled out. So there's very low expectations this quarter. Uh, but analysts are up in their price target going into the quarter. I've seen like 225 become 235, 235 become 250. See a lot around 235 to 240. Morgan Stanley's Kathy Huberty said that negative investor sentiment, despite improving iPhone and services data points, low expectations make for a positive setup into earnings. She sees it blowing up. Breaking out to 247, I'd take all this with great grain of salt, but it's all interesting of note. So, right now, we've got the markets slightly down on the NASDAQ, down two-thirds of 1%. That doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. It was down two-thirds of 1% every day for the next 300 days. We'd be like, oh, poor. The Dow's up one-quarter of 1%, sitting at 25,256. Facebook's a little bit of a loser day. Apple's a little bit strong today. Goldman sees upsides to Chipotle stock even though it's already up 81% for the year. Man, some analysts have some cojones, right? So that's out there. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Is the Fed about to err? That's a good question right now. Do they need to cut rates when consumer stocks are doing so well, when the consumer's doing fine? We're not at maximum employment, but we're certainly not at, at unemployment problems. Policymakers are avoiding past mistakes, but could be about to make new ones by lowering rates while the economy is growing and stocks are at an all-time high. Could stimulate more of a bubble. Notice how I said more of a bubble. I, I, I don't think bubbles are black and white. I think they develop. So that's out there. Bitcoin holders can't escape the IRS. Bitcoin is the currency that no government controls, but the government still collects taxes on it. And the IRS has just told taxpayers that it's about to increase scrutiny of their crypto gains. Interesting. Probably could hear some voice in their head I'm going to get cryptocurrencies the federal government stops taking my money with the IRS hmm. you know one of the saddest truths out there and I, I think this is one of the reasons I do this show and it makes me sad I know you're saying are you really sad I, I really am um, most Americans can't afford a $400 unexpected expense 40% of Americans can't afford something that comes up like a roof or a car crash where you have a big deductible and it's your fault. Dip it in a retirement account to cover unexpected expenses like a $400 car repair, medical payments. I got an email the other day from a guy who was like, can I go bankrupt with a medical payment and not, will it not ruin me? I'm like, I'm not going to give you that advice. There's no chance. Like, I, collectors are what are, uh, is savages. They're good at what they do. Is it possible to lose your home for medical bills outstanding? Could they be come, come after you legally? Yeah. Is there a way or insurance for this? Not after the fact. And that humbles me, and it makes me kind of sad that here he is. He's got medical expenses, and he thinks he might lose his home. And he, he now is starting to think of, what could I do not to lose my home? I'm not mad at him for that, but it shows you that Americans aren't ready. You know, if you take a look, 40% figure widely reported the media is too high. Yeah, you could probably say that. You know, we got credit cards. We got ways of, of paying for things. Now, what's interesting to note is how undersaved we are and how underworried we are as far as living from age 60 to 100. Now, retirement security will get in the news every two to four years on election cycles, um, not just because of the age and electorate, but also because of the broader discussion about income and wealth inequality. I've got enough that I could retire and live till the day I die. I don't want to because I don't want to start draining it until I have to just in case I live longer or things get more out of hand or I have a health scare that takes all my money. If when I turn 65, 70 and someone says to me, you've got brain cancer, but there's this radical treatment in Peru that's going to cost all of your retirement money, it'll probably add 20 years to your life instead of 20 days left to live. i will be like, yeah, let's do it. Maybe, maybe not, but you get the idea. Also, I like working because it keeps me social, and for horrible, horrible reasons, it takes me away from a spouse, right? A loved one. It gives me a break. I know you're saying, did you just say that? I love you. No, I love you. I'm Keanu Reeves now. You're awesome. You're beautiful. So Apple is their big number tonight. We'll pay attention to that. The Fed's about to cut rates for the first time since 2008 as a trade war looms. I know you're saying, it's been since 2008. Yep. Um, and we just kept them low for a very long time. The Fed's expected to cut rates by a quarter point. Um, I don't know much about TikTok. I should know more about that. TikTok's parent company is making a smartphone. And so far, any times someone like a Facebook or an Apple or an Amazon is trying to make a, a smartphone, it's kind of been bad. But at some point in time, there will be more com- competition. The July jobs report on Friday is expected to show solid job growth, and we're cutting interest rates. That's the kind of... Then we also get earnings this week from companies, so it seems like an odd time for the Fed to be doing it unless they know something about our economy that we don't know, other than the tariffs, because the low unemployment rate at 3.7%, that shouldn't do it. GDP growing at 2.1%, that shouldn't do it. Now, that that does show a slowdown from tariffs and trade friction, but this week we got a lot of earnings. Apple, Exxon, Procter & Gamble, Merck, General Motors, Verizon... 75% 75% of companies have beaten expectations so far. So it's not that bad out there. But we did see in the GDP number the, the a reduction in gross private domestic investment. So the signs are there that this could get a little bit worse than it, before it gets better. Tomorrow, the Fed starts their meeting. They end on Wednesday. Uh, and you get that statement at 2 o'clock Eastern, I believe, on Wednesday. So that translates into about 11 o'clock. And then they get a, a conference call A briefing from Fed Chairman Jerome Powell, that's going to be really closely scrutinized on Wednesday, because we'll already have the announcement, and it'll be about what what does he see in the future. But look at earnings today, kind of boring. Sanofi, AK Steel, Transocean, Texas Roadhouse, Beyond Meat, that's a sexy one. I can't wait to see how they trade tomorrow. I I feel like it could be an implosion, or it could be a, a modest move up. But Tuesday, that's the day of earnings. Apple, Amgen, Procter Gamble, MasterCard, ConocoPhillips, Mer- and MasterCard follows Visa. And they already had a good quarter. AMD, Ralph Lauren, Sony, Eli Lilly, Electronic Arts, Samsung. So, earnings season's kind of fun. I mentioned this a little bit earlier in the show, but I think it's worth mentioning again. Boeing is starting to stretch their problems into 2020. And that's not a good thing, because the holiday season at the end of 2019 is a big travel time for the industry. There's a CEO from Ryanair. He's warning about potential job cuts and other challenges from 737 MAX grounding. Boeing's best-selling plane grounded worldwide after two fatal crashes. We are hearing more stuff that makes me go, yuck, on Boeing. Like, the FAA was like, yeah, just go ahead and get it done, and we'll certify it. You know, get it close. And, like, the FAA didn't have enough people on staff to even know what a yes or no meant. But Boeing halted deliveries of the jets in March after two deadly crashes. And Ryanair executive said 58 of the planes for the summer of 2020 are expected. And he said, this is turning into a big problem, a big, big problem for worldwide travel. And whether it's Southwest, I was on a flight for October that they bumped me because it was a 737 MAX. I didn't know that. It just it happened in that period of time where Southwest announced further cuts. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. When will Boeing get their act together? Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Check out the new website, newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I tried to watch a little binge. I tried to binge watch Another Life, uh, which is a new show on Netflix. And it stars Katie Sackhoff, I believe it was her name, who was in the Battlestar Galactica remake from the 2000s. Which I grew up with Battlestar Galactica back in the 70s. Kids would say, Which do you like more, Star Trek or Star Wars? And I'd say, Battlestar Galactica. And I was kind of. Beaten up for that answer. Um, I never, ever was a big fan of Star Trek. I never, ever was a big fan of Star Wars. Kind of grew into them, if you know what I'm saying. But Battlestar Galactic was my thing. A little robot dog named Doggett or Daggett, something like that. I, it worked for me. And the reboot with Katie Sackhoff and Edward James almost on Sci Fi Channel or AMC or whatever it was on it was fantastic. And it really gave a nice revision to an old concept. So I tried to watch another life series, which is a new series on Netflix, and it stars her, and she's back in space yet again. Poor woman's been typecast as a space warrior, even though she's a gentle, loving, (laughs) blonde female who could probably do more parts than just be a space warrior. But I just didn't care about the characters. It's the most interesting thing about Netflix is I... A lot of the movies that they're making, a lot of the TV shows that they're making, they're fine on the outside. They're well-produced, but the scripts aren't so good that you actually care about the characters. And that's fine, but ultimately, that's where success or failure starts in in media. So you have to care about the characters. When bad guys aren't so bad or they have a good side, you're like, oh, I, I see what he was trying to do. And when good guys can make mistakes, you're like, oh, let's see if there's redemption here. I know you're saying, please don't start singing a Redemption song. I promise you I will never sing a Redemption song on this show. Well, maybe until tomorrow. Um, Pacific Gas and Electric stock is a stock that I get a lot of questions on, questions about because there's a lot of PG&E employees who have owned the stock through their, their idea that I work for the company and I get shares. So it's part of my salary, but I get a discount when I buy. I'm not cool with that. I don't like the Civil War stocks. And Radney Foster once sang a song about divorce, and in the song it goes, nobody wins, we both lose. And I kind of believe that about the Civil War, and I kind of believe that about divorce. And to me, California wildfire season's already arrived, bringing high temperatures, strong winds, dry conditions. I, I just, I don't, it feels, I'm not going to say the word dirty to me, I just don't feel comfortable talking about buying or selling the stock based on how much do the lawmakers let them get away with as far as liability goes versus how much do they stick it to them as far as liability goes. I don't have my pulse on crazy politicians and what they're willing to do to get votes. I would imagine in some parts of California, let's let the electricity company off because we all need electricity. It was a shame that those poor people's houses burned down, but we all need electricity. And I can imagine some people being pretty darn angry. So I don't play investments like that. I don't – because there's – it's kind of like uh, – there's something called fifth business, which I really, really like. It's a theater term where the, the characters that pull the strings are the ones in the backgrounds you never actually see. But the characters that are pulling the strings are the ones that we see completely. It's company officials. It's politicians. It's consumer advocates. It's investors. There's no fifth business. So anyway, anyhow, I, that's one of the reasons I won't buy that stock. And as a guy who talks about stocks for a living and kind of helps you, you know, get it, I have to be very cautious and and try not to get caught up in speculation or what could be a best bet. Like if this stock has a 90% survival rate, but like a 10% chance it goes to zero, that's going to bother me. So I can't play those games. I got to play more trends that are smarter for you. So the definition of of fifth business is the roles, which being neither those of the hero nor heroine, confidant nor villain, but which were nonetheless essential to bring out the recognition of the denouement, were called the fifth business in drama and opera companies. I like that. So fifth business. I taught you something new today, I think. With that being said, maybe you're going to hang up the radio and say, I learned nothing today. Why didn't he tell me to buy Chipotle? (laughs) I'm not against it. So Apple's up big today. I just noticed that. Earlier in the show, at the start of the the market open It was up like a buck. Now it's up almost three bucks. People are getting excited about their earnings. Is it a, a buy on the rumor that it won't be as bad as expected and then sell on the news? It happens a lot on Wall Street. I, I'm not speculating. I buy great companies, and I try to tell you to buy great companies. And that's why through the years I've said Netflix and Starbucks, Visa and Apple, And, yeah, I do make mistakes, and I'm very aware of that. In the 90s, I told you to buy GE. (coughs) And if you look at a list of my favorite stocks from the 90s, some of them probably didn't make it. GE's still around, but you could say that they didn't make it if you want to be honest, in my opinion. 800-516-1220, which is also kind of interesting because um, what I just said was back in the 90s, there's some stocks on my list. One of the things that I would do to get ready for radio is I would load a lot of these stocks into charts, on um, Yahoo. And what's interesting is some of these chart. like I would pull up, I would do all my networking companies, and I don't have time to do it today, but I'll do it for you at some point in time. These were kind of like watch lists. And today I'd probably put like marijuana on a watch list. But back then it was networking companies, or it was telecom companies, or was, um, media companies. And so when I would do my, my show, I had them all right smack there, and it was pretty easy to jettison them off or if Goldman Sachs came out. Anyway, I got to run. Got to cut it. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. Three-star
0: general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.